Hello there again, it's me, Caroline Herb, and welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Herbs Herbarium. Um, so if you couldn't figure out by the title of this episode, today I'm going to be talking about trees. Um, and part of the reason I wanted to talk about trees was, as you should know, because I think everybody knows at this point, um, there's been a lot of fire over the last like six months between um, the rainforests burning in South America and now all the brush fire and stuff and Australia is just the entire country's on fire so you know good stuff um, so yeah I kind of wanted to you know bring in um, obviously we care a lot when we talk about uh, the loss of this habitat we talk about the loss of the habitat as a whole we talk about the loss of the animals that live inside we talk about you know potential medicines that we could be losing um, with the different species that are dying um, we talk about you know the people that live within rainforests that call rainforests their home and have for hundreds if not thousands of years um, and the one thing that I think we don't talk about is what the trees are actually feeling um, so that's kind of uh, my goal for the end of this episode is that maybe you'll kind of start to think about trees in a different way so um, a lot of the information that I'm going to talk about during this episode came from a book that I read called The Hidden Life of Trees by, oh gosh, I'm going to try my best. He's German. I should be able to do this. Peter Wallenben. I am so sorry if I butchered that. It was translated by Jane Billinghurst, though, into English. So, super cool. Really good book. Do recommend. Um, most of the information, though, that I took came from the first couple chapters. I didn't want to delve too deep into it just yet. Otherwise, this episode would be very, very long. Okay, so the first thing that I want to start off uh, talking about is that trees communicate with each other. Um, uh, we, You may know that, you know, when you are walking around and during the spring and the lawnmowers are all going and you can smell grass and we've maybe you've heard about um, different chemical signaling and stuff like that the trees let off and we'll get into that but they're also not just connected through chemical signals they're actually connected through sometimes their actual roots are interconnected and if not their roots a lot of times they actually have assistance from the fungal networks that attach to their roots um, that then those fungal networks interconnect between the different trees um, usually it's between the same species of tree and obviously most species of trees tend to end up growing around each other just I won't get into all that biology stuff. <laughs> it's just, you know, a thing. Um, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. There you go, right? Okay. Um, so one thing that is then important to know about the roots is actually we, we look at trees and what we predominantly see is the crown. And kind of similar to that like iceberg analogy, um, the roots extend a long way. Uh, a lot of times, like twice, sometimes more than twice uh, as long as the crown. Um, and that's why trees are usually so stable in the ground for as long as they 
Um, that's why they live forever. Um, well, it's not the only reason they live forever. There's a lot of reasons. But anyway. Um, but so they can communicate with each other through these fungal networks, through their roots, through the root tips. Um, and th they have kind of formed this interdependence um, where most trees of... Oh, like I said, of the same species are connected through their roots. Um, and through this network, um, which in the book he referred to as the um, the the wood wide web or something like that. <laughs> um, but they're able to exchange nutrients between each other. Um, sometimes they even see trees dying together. Um, tr you'll often, if you go walk in the rainforest, or not, not even just the rainforest, if you look in a forest and you just stand anywhere and look up actually at the canopy, you will see that most trees kind of stop growing around where the crown of the next tree is. Um, especially if it's their species, they're not really trying to compete against each other. They're trying to help each other. Um, and some of, so in this, you can kind of, um, compare a forest to a super organism, you know, in strength and numbers. Um, like a lot of forests will actually, beach forests in particular, um, which they talk about in the book, will actually stay, try and stay synchronized. Um, so instead of having like one tree try and hoard all the resources, they will actually spread it out evenly um, or to the best of their ability so that they are all the trees in that area are equally successful. And the um, this one quote that I took from the book that I wanted to include was, a tree is only as strong as the forest that surrounds it. And I thought that was a good uh, quote to kind of go along with that, you know, because um, nowadays in the world, we don't really see, we see a lot of hoarding um, of different things, but so uh, a lot of different resources, and it's not really equally shared. Um, but anyway, um, so the important thing to note, however, about this um, interconnectedness is that we do not actually observe this in trees that we have planted ourselves. Um, so this is more like a kind of just a natural phenomenon and we cannot recreate it. Um, so unfortunately this means that our cultivated plants have kind of lost their ability to communicate with each other, which as we said before, a tree is only as strong as the trees around it and if it's not connected it's in isolation it doesn't have anyone else to help it it's by itself all in its own little world um so if it gets if it gets attacked if it has a bad winter if it makes a bad decision um you know not gonna it has no other trees to help it out um but so one of the things that I kind of have actually observed this uh, myself was this summer my husband was outside and he had planted um, a couple trees and we really worked hard to make sure that these trees had plenty of water and honestly like where we planted them we knew the soil the soil is like pretty awesome honestly a lot of things were going there before so it didn't really make sense to me and now like half of the trees almost have died and I think think that part of the reason is maybe because especially due to the fact that they were young trees that because they were planted by us they don't have that root system to connect each other to help each other out 
um, and the other trees surrounding them were also not able to help them out. So that was kind of sad. But so one thing that I want everyone to think about now that I've talked about this is, so what does this kind of mean for our future? You know, we see all these forests that are burning and all this stuff, but if man can't really recreate this root system in the same sense that nature can, what does that mean for our hope of replanting forests? Um, uh, is what what can we do to like combat this in the future? I don't know, um, but that's something that I I would like to really investigate maybe a little bit more. And if anyone wants to maybe feel free, I opened up an email account. Side note herbsherbarium at gmail.com if you want to talk about this topic with me feel free um my email is open okay so um moving on from just the other exchange i'm now kind of want to get into different um uh different other so, different things duh okay anyway <laughs> um so the first thing I kind of want to talk about is sense like I was talking about before um the chemical signals stuff like that that trees will give off to each other to communicate with each other usually we see this coming um when as a defense mechanism from insects um from any kind of herbivores could be deers you know anything um and there's usually um, very specific compounds that are specific for the task at hand. And not only are they specific for, say, like um, different, okay, well, trees can match the saliva to the insect, okay? Um, so different trees also have different compounds. So it's very, very, very specialized. It's actually pretty sophisticated I think it's pretty cool um, however the signal travels a lot slower it just travels really slow um, they live their life in a totally different time frame than we do they live for hundreds and hundreds of years their signals travel much slower trees grow much slower you know that's just kind of uh, a thing um, but anyway so um, uh, sorry, I'm like trying to figure out where I am in my notes here. Okay, so I'm going to give an example of a specific tree that we'll use um, a scent. So one of the trees that they talked about in this book was an acacia tree, and they will pump this toxic substance into their leaves when they feel something um, eating them, um, and they will give a warning gas off to their neighboring trees. So getting into that how do they know they're eating getting eaten guys this is important um trees um specifically beeches spruce and oaks but a lot of other trees and all and plants we'll get into that in another episode but they register pain um, and this is really, really important to me, uh, this fact, because again, kind of going back to what's going on in the world today, you know, we talk about all the animals and all the lives lost, uh, animal wise, but what about the trees? What about the other plants? They feel themselves burning and they cannot move. And honestly, I wonder if they're screaming and we just cannot hear them. You know, they live their lives on a different 
um, you know, time frame, it kind of would make sense that maybe they also communicate through, I don't know, that too. Um, that would be crazy. Um, but yeah, anyway, so just another food for thought right there. Um, trees are not just important for us. They're just kind of important for everybody and they're also alive uh, just because they're not moving all the time doesn't mean they're not alive um anyway so the not the the only sorry going back to how trees also communicate with insects okay so they don't all obviously not every insect is trying to eat a tree of course trees also try to attract um, certain insects to them, specifically usually pollinators, you know, with flowers, they do different sweet scents to try and lure them in, stuff like that, uh, different colors, um, specifically for uh, certain trees, certain bushes, uh, they'll have red berries, you'll start to notice, especially in the winter, you'll notice red, because at this point in the winter, I mean how many bugs are outside, not many, um, red is a color that attracts birds, and it's especially bright, I feel like, especially, you know, in the, sorry, I said especially twice, whew, um, you see it a lot more in the winter, the red stands out so much more against the white snow. Um, and it stands out against the green as well. Um, but, uh, so I guess a side note, uh, pollinators are usually attracted to white and yellow predominantly. Um, also we'll talk about bees another day. I don't want to get into all of that. Um, so anyway, uh, yes, visual cues. Okay. Also, by the way, for those of you who do not know this, um, when I say pollinators, I am not just talking about bees. They are not the only thing that pollinate. Um, butterflies, flies, beetles, uh, bats, birds, like I said, a lot of different things uh, do pollination. The wind, like <laughs> anything can be a pollinator, okay? Um, anyway, so, uh, oh, okay, so this is cool. I forgot that I wanted to talk about this. Okay, um, so in the book that I was reading, um, Hidden Life of Trees, they talked in chapter two at the end about an experiment that had been done with grass, where they tried to test out where they brought grass into a lab and they listened uh, with obviously machinery. And they found that they could, the only sound they could hear would be crackling, this noise of crackling roots under the ground at about a frequency of 220 hertz. And they didn't really think it meant anything because it's just roots crackling. Like, why would that mean anything? Um, but then when they took a look at the grass that was not being used as a part of the experiment, um, they saw that the root tips, because obviously so that they could, they were amplifying the sound of the grass um, crackling roots, and the ones that were not in the experiment, their root tips, when they looked at them, were all pointing towards that sound, where the 220 hertz, the, the crackling root sound was coming from. So that can kind of, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying here that trees obviously communicate in the same sense that 
humans do, you know, but I think, I think when we look at the world, we tend to look at the world from this very humanistic, I don't know if that's a word, um, point of view. And we try and put ourselves in the shoes of plants or the shoes of animals. But when we do that, we don't really think about it really from their perspective. We're thinking about it from our perspective through their eyes. Like when you talk about dogs, right? You know, their nose is their biggest scent. Their scent is their biggest sense, um, their most important one. So uh, for them, a lot of stuff that, you know, they react a lot more to things with their nose. Um, I don't know. Oh, I'm talking. Oh, sorry. My dog is being really cute right now, and he's laying in the sun. He's a cute boy. Um, anyway, back to the trees. Um, so, yeah, I guess I think, truthfully, maybe, you know, they can communicate with each other. Um, if the grass can do it, perhaps um, we will see this in other trees and other different plants. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, that is kind of the end of what I wanted to talk about today um but I hope uh, you guys feel like you learned something um I think it's really important to be talking about trees they really 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 are important I think we truly undervalue all of the work that they do for everything on this planet the entire planet would not survive without them. They were here before pretty much all of us. Um, so they're really important. And it's really sad that we are destroying them at such a high, quick rate, such a fast pace. And hopefully, you know, things will change over the next couple of years. You know, with a lot of the books that I have been reading, one of the themes that I kind of took from a lot of them that I felt the authors, a lot of the authors were trying to get across was we need more trees. We need to plant more trees, regardless of whether they can communicate with each other. We need trees and we will not survive without them. This planet cannot survive without them. Um, so plant some trees, uh, in your backyard, if you can, wherever you are, um, get some more plants we need more greenery in this world and it's really it's really going down right fire jakarta's flooding we just had a random snow second random snowstorm here in new york that lasted literally like an hour and that is not the first time that has happened this season and that's for the most part oh and then we had i guess one pretty big snowstorm but yeah the world's getting crazy guys hold on tight mother nature is not too happy that we're killing her trees anyway thank you guys so much everybody who has listened to this episode everybody who listened to last episode i really 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 appreciated all of the kind words and thank you guys so much for all the support and i hope you listen to the episode that comes out later this week okay thanks guys bye